Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Hi, and welcome to Window Seat, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. on Full Service Radio. I am your host, Chris Price. Um, I have with me, with me Mr. Jack Ensley in the back. Yes, sir. I'm back. Um, yeah, we've been on a hiatus for a little bit. Um, Summer break. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Mr. Francis is taking a little longer break than me and Jack. <laughs> He's trying to work out whether he still wants to uh, be on the show. But I wanted to open up and say that I am incredibly thankful to build a friendship. Try this with him. That's still my guy. We talk all the time. And, you know, I actually hope in an active way that we can make our relationship better because you don't find too many friends like that. Like people that can hold you accountable. Um, give you their truth, argue with you. You know how much energy it takes to argue with somebody, but I, I think there's a lot of love in that action alone. Like they're saying that you're worth me putting up this energy. So I'm always um, incredibly thankful to him. I know Nigel, who allows us to be on this show along with Jack, um, has said the same thing. He's always uh, really thankful for Mr. Francis' help. Is there anything else I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. I'm learning uh, going through breakups, right? Um, breakups from a job, breakups from a relationship, a partnership on a radio even. You kind of have to, like, ask yourself in an actionable way what it is you want at that moment. So in a way, um, if Mr. Francis decides not to come back to the show, he did do me a favor because... He made me ask myself what exactly I wanted to create create in a very real way. Um, I noticed when I was sending out emails about potential guests, I was a lot more intentional about who I sent those emails to. Um, I wanted to be a better reflection of me and Amila and just what we're doing here. So with that said, um, this guest today definitely... Um, inspires me from a distance because I'm just meeting him. But I think it's incredible that someone, I think I think you were 26 when you got started. Was it 26? When was the first festival you put on? I think it was 24. I think I was 24. Do you know how fucking unreal it is to put on a fucking music festival at 24? At 34. At that. <laughs> it, 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 it's beyond me now. It's It's like Maybe I'm too aware. Like, there's just things to be afraid of. And I think sometimes when you're young, you're ignorant of those things. So you just kind of march on and you don't care. But, like, from the outside looking in, it's important that you know that people support you because what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, even just seeing your skin color and you're doing dope shit. I know you're Nigerian. I mean, I did some research. It's just like, (laughs) I can think of what that means to another Nigerian guy because I know, like, 
I'm, I'm gonna end up rambling. But I know, you know, from my African friends, they get pressured a lot to be, become certain things. But now they can say, look, this is possible, Pop, or you know, whatever. So we have Modi from Trilectro on what's today. What's up? What's up, bro? <laughs> Yo, thank you for letting me rant. Um, Appreciate the intro, man. Yeah, for, for sure. This is dope to be here. Dope to be back. Shout out, Jack. It's a beautiful space. Definitely. I, I Every time I come back to D.C., I, I definitely uh, spend a lot of time in this hotel with my laptop, just doing work, um, meeting a lot of really cool people in the lobby, drinking their uh, cocktails. and I'm the same you way. Know, just kicking it. Yeah, so. I've been here for an hour. I was in here drinking. <laughs> I just landed at, <laughs> I landed at 430. I put my bags down on my hotel and I slid over here. So super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Hmm. Let me ask you. Well, you said something earlier, so I, I want to ask you about that. You were talking about your partnerships and um, I know how hard that can be just going through what I went through with uh, Mr. Francis. Do you ever have any problems? You know, when you got started, I believe it was three of y'all that put your first festival together together. Do y'all have problems or see differences, and how do y'all work through through those things? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think you know, you just, the way I look at at what we have is like you know, look at the Jackson Five or like, uh, what's Bobby Brown's group, New Edition. Like yeah. any group of people that are brought together, whether it's forced or organically, you're about to have differences because people grow, people change, people evolve. Um, but I think the difference between so just to take it back, Trelectro was started um, in 2012, but the, the thing that we, we created was started before that. So my two business partners are named Marcel and Quinn, Quinn Coleman, Marcel Marshall. Uh, Quinn and I went to the same you know, elementary school, middle school, high school. He's two years younger than me. And Marcel, I met him actually through his ex-girlfriend. His, you know, we went to Macaroni Grill in Silver Spring <laughs> for her birthday the the I think the summer before we had to go to Boston College and um, I found out I met him there and his girlfriend was like yo my boyfriend is going to BC and I just was like yo I fuck with you so I'm gonna fuck with him and let's just be roommates that's literally all it was like he went to Gonzaga I went to Sidwell all boys school versus Quaker school like you know he played football at BC I was just you know a student um but we hit it off and we ended up being you know now we're brothers like we've been through so much that was what 2005 is 2019 now so you know just like <clears throat> we built that relationship from then i've known quinn since he was a kid and he was actually my brother's year he was two years younger than me but when uh when we marcel and i hosted quinn at bc boston college when he when he was doing his college visits and he ended up you know choosing bc over um over miami uh, one of our good friends and his godbrother Nick Simmons went to Miami. I went to BC. He ended up choosing BC. And then when he came to school, he said he wanted to start a radio show. Um, and he had, to, I think, he had to intern for the first semester. And after he did that uh, on WZBC, which was Boston College, their uh, radio station, he was like, "Yo, Modi, I want to start this show with you." And I actually was like, "I don't want to be on the air. I don't feel like I, I sound good on the air. I'm, that's not really my passion." But he had like interned at PGC. He's like, you know, been into that and he grew up in the music industry uh, or in the entertainment industry, I'd say. So he always was passionate about that. And he kind of pushed me to get out my comfort zone and get um, on air. And that was how we started everything. We had a show called DC to BC from this area, went to Boston College, thus the name. 
That's also my social handle on everything. Um, and yeah, I mean, I say all that to say, you know, we started everything, I'd say, 07, 08. And obviously, you know, to get to 2019, I mean, the first thing we ever did together was a Kendrick Lamar show, 2011, before he had ever, you know, he didn't have a label deal. He had dropped Good Kid, Mad City. I think Section 80 had come out a few weeks before. We did that at 9.30 show, at 9.30 club. Sold it out in like 15 days and we're like going around, you know, using the internet, using social to kind of push tickets and, and meeting up with people, random people and connecting with people. That's how we knew we had something special. That was kind of the beginning of it all after the radio station and eventually the blog that kind of got us like more nationally known just because blogs in 2008-9 were big. Um, you know, and all of us have been in the industry. I was at Complex. Um, Quinn was at, I think he was at some VH1 state uh channels or Viacom channels interning and just trying to learn the industry um and yeah I mean after the first Trilectro we uh, with the first Trilectro we actually had two partners um one of them was Marcel's good friend and another one was a friend of my friend Kenji um and they were brought on board kind of like investors right and I think when you add two people that you know weren't initially in the mix to the mix it's a new dynamic, and we kind of had to figure out how to work. And I think, you know, for our first two years, we, d- we did our thing. But eventually, I don't think both of those people want, were in the same headspace as us and had the same vision. One of them is, is still a very close friend. We're actually working on projects with him now. Um, but I say all that to say, like, definitely, man, you bump heads. You deal with you, you got to deal with you got to manage egos and, and expectations and just have honest conversations with people because if you don't do that you're not going to know where someone else lies and and what's going on in their head and, and what their vision is you know even when it comes to like when we picked interns we had like five really special interns that we kind of handpicked we saw them doing things around the city in their own communities and we're like oh you're tight you're tight you're tight we built our own team and even you know managing like managing those folks was was huge because it was just like damn their future is kind of in your hands. You have to make sure that you're p- putting them in positions to win. You're, you're putting them in positions that, that have them growing. You know, we asked everybody before they joined the team, what do you want to do? You know, um, I remember TT was like, oh, I really want to get involved with partnerships. So we had her um, help on partnership stuff, talking to brands. I think our first big brand deal was with Svedka Vodka, and we had no idea what we were doing. But we had on copying all the emails, and she was on site. Um, at the festival and the, our first year was kind of a shit show you know like you don't know what you're doing we didn't know what we were doing but and I, that put her in a, in, a, in a place because we put her on front street and she didn't really have the tools that she needed to do what she did but she stuck it out and I think that experience taught her a lot like that's the kind of thing that you know <laughs> I'm sure she has stories that she hasn't told me about that day super overwhelming day but just you know putting people in positions like that um uh, that's how you that's that's kind of like part of the game you just kind of like jump out there and do things and have the conversations to figure out like all right how can we improve what was not good about that how do you know you know just that kind of stuff when when you did your first show with Kendrick Lamar I want to ask about that show in particular because I guess there's a there's a different type of energy when you're starting was there was there a, a fear or ignorance that had you going yeah, hundred percent. We didn't know what we were doing, and I think that's the key. Like, if you know the the financial burden you can end up in if, if things fail, or you know, just really all the things that that go into uh, building out a concert, let alone a music festival. I think a lot of people would be discouraged, and I think because we were so ignorant, that's why we were able to do it. 
we were passionate. We didn't do it. It wasn't a money play. It was just like a, we needed to do this for the city because, you know, people weren't doing what we were doing at the time. This is 2011. So this is before, you know, a lot of one-off shows. Most things were tours. And a lot of big tours, especially for independent artists, um, they would skip D.C. because the market, they didn't know that this was a place where people would be receptive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, definitely. Ignorance is bliss, I guess. Do you... Do you make money plays now, or is it pretty much solely just what you're interested yeah, in Yeah, no, we definitely evolved into a business. I mean, we all have nine-to-fives. I work at Epic Records. Uh, I also have an agency called Heating Up. Um, and, you know, Marcel and Quinn actually work at Capital and Caroline Records, which is they're uh, all in the same building. Mar- uh, Qu- Quinn is senior director of A&R, and Marcel works in, on the digital side, so he... You know, is in the weeds with with the data and figuring out how to like hyper target stuff. You know, everyone's doing their thing in that regard, and it's all helping us on all things Trelectro outside of work. So, you know, um, everything. You know, it's it's a business. We have to make money. Uh, that's our goal. But we we're led by passion. So at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're not going to do something just because it's a money play. We're going to do it because it's it's the right fit for our brand. Heating up to me, I was combing through the website uh, a little earlier today. It feels like a site that you can document what exactly you have going on in your life. Um, And it feels like a space where you can create how you want to create. And um, meaning if you want to do PR for this company, you could do PR. If you want to put on an event for another company, you how does somebody get to the point where they can, they just do what they believe they can? You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that's very unique. I, I work in IT. I can't, you know, be a network engineer one day and a data analyst the next. People won't allow me or trust me with their money. What, yeah, what's I special? Mean, I, I, honestly, the way Heating Up came to, came to be, I think, was mainly because I was always doing freelance projects on the side. Just like you know, in the culture, music, lifestyle space. And for tax purposes, I didn't know how to, like, run the play. I didn't know, like, do y'all invoice me? Do you do it to Trelectro? If it's Trelectro, then I got to give, you know, that's a whole other conversation with two other business partners. So I just started my own LLC. I just called it Super Modi because I didn't know what else to call it. And eventually the name Heating Up came to me. I'm just big into, like, nostalgia and NBA Jam, if you've played that, he's heating up was a phrase that after you hit two jumpers in a row, you feel me? If you hit that third one, you're on fire. My whole thing was like I'm perpetually heating up. Like everything I'm doing is like it's never on fire. I'm just like always going and doing the next thing. So project to project to project. That was kind of the the thought process behind it. Um, It started just as a way to organize my freelance projects. But then I realized like I could call it an agency and make people think that it was something bigger than it is you know beyond what it is really it's just like all the things i'm passionate about all the projects i've helped people with uh worked on collaborated with people on i house all those projects on this site my name's not on the site so you don't know it's me and you don't know who else is involved it's kind of just like a place really sleekly designed the same woman lauren dorman who designed our trelectro site she actually's from ohio but we met her on the internet and she actually moved to to berlin to pursue um a gig with a big, a big, you know, renowned agency out there, but uh, she cooked it up, and it make it makes me look super, you know, super sexy. So that's, I mean, for me, it's all about like, I like building brands, and this was like a passion project that took me a few months to kind of like figure out how I want to present my my work 
um, and how I want, you know, everything to kind of look. So shout out to Lauren for bearing with me for months uh, working on that on top of working on her, on her crazy nine to five shit. If you're just joining us, you listen to Window Seat. We have Modi from Tro Electro and a bunch of other companies you probably know and love. Um, I got to ask you, you seem like you move. I feel like just getting caught up in your, your thoughts sometimes keeps people stagnant. Is that something you notice when you see other people who are thinking about becoming entrepreneurs? Like, you did Kendrick Lamar. You did True Electro. You started your agency. There's nothing. You have these roadblocks? Yeah, I think there's definitely roadblocks. Times where you think, you know, you get depressed and you don't think anything you're doing matters or you just don't believe in yourself. But I think... Um, what I do is surround myself with a lot of upperly mobile, like motivational people. And I try and keep the things around me positive. Like I have a a strong friend group, core friend group in DC or in LA that's from DC. So I think just having people keeping me grounded and, and, and always keeping up to date with what they're doing, everyone's doing crazy things. So if you surround yourself with that kind of energy, you know that you you know your friends with those people your friends are a reflection of you so if they can do it i feel like you can do it and i mean i think just you know all the experiences i've had in my life coming up like i'm nigerian american first generation going back there seeing what's going on having grandparents and education having my parents make sure i had a good education they went to the world bank so i was able to go to sidwell for free and not a lot of people have that experience you know that's a school that cost god knows how long I mean, how much? Mm-hmm. Obama's kids, you know, go there, went there. Chelsea Clinton was there when I, when I was, you know, in school. So at the end of the day, I was, I was around a lot of people that were doing a lot of things. And I, didn't, I don't think I uh, realized how influential being around those people was until I got older. But I think, you know, I think the drives in me, and obviously I think my parents instilled that in me, you know, I was a kid that was playing piano and playing basketball and playing soccer and playing baseball and kind of doing everything, you know. Even if I didn't want to do it, that's kind of what my parents said I was going to do. I was a kid going to academic summer camps when everyone else was going to, you know, fun camps or having the summer off. I was, you know, like a lot of kids, especially black kids at Sidwell, all of us were in aftercare because a lot of people were, um, you know, on scholarship uh, and had both parents working. Not everyone's parents were super rich. So, you know, you're you're constantly uh, after after school, you're in study halls doing work. And I just think all of that stuff, you know, from four years old to 18, it built me into a certain type of person. So when I got to college, I wasn't even the best student in school um, because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was an econ major at first. And when I realized it really wasn't for me, I switched to calm and took a bunch of English classes. And that's where I think I caught more of my groove and figured out, like, oh, this is who I am. And I never thought that I could get paid doing the things I love. I just was doing the things I love because that's what I like to do. I always was into curation. I was always the kid in middle school selling CDs for $5. If you want to mix, I'll get you for 7 you know. And I put a few extra songs in there that you may not have heard that I think you dig based on what you asked me to put on the mix. So, you know, evolving into a radio show host where I play music that hadn't been heard by the masses and then being a blogger where it was like you could kind of tell that story in a deeper fashion um, on the internet. I don't know, man. I think all the things that I was doing just happened. Like I never thought I, I didn't have a plan. I think I just always was like, 
I want to be in this music space. And like, it just happened. I don't really know how else. I didn't have like a, like a mood board or anything. I just always had my, my mind like, yo, I want to be in this place. I'm going to get there. That's, that's why I'm here. That's dope. And that's uh, part of the crossfire we got caught up in, I believe. I can't speak for my, you know, my old co-host who's not here. But I, you know, over and over again, all I can tell him is, like, I enjoy being in the space. And so if I have nothing better to do, why not be in a place that I enjoy being in? For sure, because naturally you'll find your, your rhythm and you'll figure out where you're supposed to be. At least that's the way I look at it. You it's, know? it's still kind of tough and sometimes overwhelming. I was saying that before. Um, we got on I got you know really dope people lined up including yourself and you don't want to waste anybody's time but I can tell you that I constantly hear the same thing over and over again I feel like we've evolved into a show where we talk to hustlers all the time Mm. and I love hearing how someone got started right they just weren't bullshitting themselves and I can look at people who I think are capable of doing anything in my life. And for whatever reason, that jump, while it might have been easy for you, I don't know if it was easy for you, but you, you said you switched majors. So, like, I'm, yeah. sh- I'm sure that's a conversation at home. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But I think ultimately, you know, it was the right thing for me to do. I think I just need to be happy. Like, I'm the kind of guy that told myself I never wanted to dress up in a suit to go to work. And those are the kind of things I just put on my mind. So, Subconsciously, everything I'm doing is working towards the things that I say I want to do. All right. So the next question is, what what do you want to do? This was like a date over the next ten years. Like, what I, do you- I don't really know. I think I just want to have an impact in culture. I think you know, at 24, that was 2012. We started 2011. We started doing the things that we do in in culture in DC, and then you know, I moved to Portland to work with Nike for a bit. Um, I didn't plan that. That just happened. And my partners, they were in L.A. They were working in the industry. Um, and eventually I met up with them in L.A. Um, in 2016. So, I mean, I like I said, I've never had a plan. I don't really know what I want to do. But I think, you know, when you impact culture like we did with Trelectro so early in a city that really needed that at the moment, it's like, damn, we know we can do that. Let's figure out how we can do that again. So it sounds to me like culture feels like home to you. Yeah. And I don't I, I, I don't. I can't say I hate the term culture. I just think it's so it's hard to define. But to me, like culture to me, is just like, you know, I grew up um, in the suburbs. Right. But I, ha- I was able to go to school in D.C. and I was able to get my hair cut uh, at Eddie's <laughs> right. where, where, you know, yeah. you, you know about Eddie's and like soak like literally just be in, the, in there and learn about D.C. culture, because the further out you are from the, from a major city, the less I think culture it has. So I was able to pick up the slang. I was able to pick up the looks, the vibes, the dress. And, you know, I remember my first go-go I went to, I was wearing like Sean John top to bottom. And then by by senior year, I had the North Face and, you know, the Azure jeans and, you know, all of that stuff because I picked it up. And I was like, this is how you're supposed to move around. That's hilarious to me because I, you know, we we moved here (laughs) and I was in Northern Virginia and I don't know why um, FUBU was cool in Northern Virginia. FUBU was cool. It was big. And you moved to PG County, and you got a bright yellow FUBU shirt. It just didn't work, so it, you have to learn. Yeah, you got to figure out what fits the, the, the scene. And for me, you know, being able to grow up kind of like observing D.C. And, and being in it and out of it, I was able to see 
both worlds, I think, kind of like a translator. And I think that's how, you know, we were able to just have the perspective to, to build something like Trelectro because we knew that, like, what the city wanted, but the suburbs are important, too. There's a whole culture there. And, you know, that's a lot of the, like, being able to marry those two. Like, our first Trelectro, the concept was really Trill was the hip-hop and Electro was the electronic the dance music. So we bridged that gap. And that was like how everything started. And now, if you look at the trend, that's what happened after that. Every festival was those two worlds. Um, you know, I'm sorry, just a little bit, because I'm I'm curious about you and how you did what you um, do. I think about people in my life, and some of them have skills that I kind of want to adopt. My aunt is incredibly honest at all costs, and she would tell you that it's probably hurt her in her life. Do you have people around her or you that you see them have something and you're still trying to like foster that within yourself? Are you working on your your, your tool case? Um, I mean, I think I'm a sponge, man. One of the one of the uh, I think there's 11 Nike maxims. It's like one of them is like be a sponge, just be around, observe everything around you. And I think that's me. Um, at the end of the day, like I want to be I want to be better at a bunch of things, but I don't really have like a to-do list of like, hey, this is what I'm going to work on. I think for me, my big thing was just work-life balance because when you juggle a lot of things, sometimes you lose your sense of reality. You lose your sense of home. You know, like a lot of my friends would hit me and be like, yo, I haven't seen you in a minute. Are you good? Or like, yo, you've been flaking on us a bunch. Like, you know, let's figure out a way to keep consistent and, and keep this friendship alive. And I really appreciate, you know, those people letting me know those things because to me, I think I used to want to be something, and now it's like I just want to make an impact. I don't care if it's in front of, you know, on, on Front Street or behind the scenes. I just want to make an impact and, and inspire. And I love when I get messages from people saying that I, I inspired them to do something. Um, because at the end of the day, that's what I got into it for, just to let people know, like, yo, you can do it too. Pharrell's my favorite artist. He has a song on his album, In My Mind, called You Can Do It Too. And I, I used to put that on repeat and just, like, vibe out to that. That's one of the, the biggest inspirations to me. And I think it's just about being, um, you know, staying, staying low, being humble, being gracious, and being open to learning about more, more things. And, like, the way I look at it is I'm not curing cancer, you know. I'm trying to get people to have a good time, enjoy their time when they're not working. You know, that's what I'm doing. But I have people that I have friends that are doing God's work, you feel me? I don't think my work is more important than anybody else's, but I think all I can do is, you know, provide. I'm a vessel, you feel me? What I've been put on this earth to do is the things that I do, and that's all I can really say. So, does spirituality play any role in your life? Uh, I mean, I, I believe in a higher power, um, but I'm not really spiritual. I don't really meditate or do anything like that. I mean, I think that's something that I, I want to get to. You know, I hear a lot of people. A lot of leaders or people that I that I admire or am inspired by, they're big into that space. That's not really where I'm at. I mean, I, I'm definitely a positive person, but like I don't really pray to a God or go to church or, you know, like I'm not that guy. I can tell you what I'm doing. I'm asking what I feel like may be strange questions because I'm trying to figure out like what's the, the source like because you seem very aware of yourself. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I have the answer. I mean, maybe you'll figure it out through these yeah. questions. For me, I think it's just like literally being honest with yourself and figuring out like, yo, what do you have to offer? What do you bring to the table? I know what I can do. I know what I can't do. 
and I'm open to whatever, I don't think I have all the answers. Um, and I think, yeah, someone else told me I was super self-aware, but I think it's just being honest with yourself. I think a lot of people know what's up. They just don't want to keep it 100 with themselves. Yeah, you can learn a lot in the 30 minutes you meet someone. Like, 100%. you were very gracious coming up the stairs. You said thank you for having and, and it seemed genuine. It wasn't <laughs> like, real. you dig what I'm saying? Some people say thank you just for saying thank you. You got a very calming presence and... I don't know. I'm I'm interested in the source after it's sitting here for for 30 minutes. It makes me wonder about your parents, like what kind of household. You know. Yeah, I mean, all of that. I think, you know, I've always said this. I think you are just a product of your environment. You know, every experience you have shapes you. Um, my parents were great. Like, you know, and I, I think every at 32, you know, I look back and I'm like, damn, I hope I can be as good as parents as them. Like, I'm scared to bring a child in the world today. You know, and, and I, I really, told you. <laughs> I think it's just, you know, the things that they did for me, the sacrifices they made, um, the time and energy they put towards just making sure my brother and I were were good and stable and like, you know, well equipped to, you know, to to to, I guess, make our mark in the world. Like, I don't I, I would have to really sit down and think through the things that they did to to fully understand, you know, their impact in my life. But. I think a lot of that was, you know, family, friends, just being around good people and, and, and having a good foundation. I think you can build upon a good foundation. You know, it's hard if your foundation isn't strong. It's like being a basketball player. Like, if you have the fundamentals, you can go anywhere. If you just have a move or two, but you haven't worked on the basics, you're not about to be well-versed or, or prepared to really go to the next level. So that's the way I look at it. So part of what Amila does, the Adams Morgan Youth Leadership Academy, is they uh, they aim to inspire youth. Uh, yeah, I read a bit about that. Yeah, um, I don't know if you know Nigel, the guy that heads the company. I don't. He's incredible. Y'all should meet. Um, but for sure. Would you say what would you say to anyone who sees your resume, sees these companies that they grow up wearing their stuff, know that they're in the cool cool shit you got you know red bull nike epic records what would you tell them like as just like a guiding light if there was one man honestly i feel like a lot of these kids that are that look up to people like myself and people in in positions like i'm in now like i think they go harder than me i think the only difference i had was the courage or the confidence you feel me like i don't think i'm smarter than anybody i just think i know how to move in certain scenarios and i know how to talk to certain people I think a lot. I have a friend named Omar. He works actually down the street at Commonwealth, and I think he's one of the most creative people that I know. And I feel like on his end, I think he's a little hesitant in his own abilities. But if I were him, I feel like I would have conquered the world. Just like his eye, his ear. He's talented. He's a really smart kid, and I, to me, I think he could do whatever he wants. But sometimes I'll get a text from him like, "Yo, what do I do?" And I'm like, "Bro." You have everything to, to me. I, if, I, if I had his skill set, the things that I would do would be insane. But again, I think it comes that, down to like, you know, who's around you, who's motivating you, who's in your environment that's helping push you, take you to that next level. And to, like, I'm about to go check him after here because I just want to tap in and figure out what's going on with him. Like he's always been ahead of the curve and been doing cool shit, putting me on to a lot. I think a lot of the people's like sauce, like I, I take a lot of people's sauce, not intentionally just by like being around good people you are, they, we do the same shit you know what i mean so it's, it's like, somebody else from uh that store that i feel like i take a lot adrian 
Adrian King Carter. Yeah. Yo, just had literally had dinner with him last uh, like what four days ago. I, I tell him every time I see him, I was like, "Yo, you justify cool for me." Like if if some <laughs> if, if some is like questionable, and I see you post, I'm like, "All right, it's legit now. It's not questionable yeah, at man. all." He's he's a good dude, and he's another guy who I think you know he worked he started in Commonwealth, and now he's creative director of Undefeated, which is insane if you really think about it. We're from the same area. I remember meeting him. I went on a date with his ex-girlfriend unknowingly, and she took me to the shop. That's how me and Adrian first met. So it, it could have been, you know, it could have been a thing on site. But instead, I think we were both bigger men, and we had a conversation, and then we became cool. And we've, you know, I've admired him from afar and also, you know, worked with him on stuff. Um, he's been a big champion for what we do and, and, you know, vice versa. It's really dope to see him progress. And, and like I said, he's like kind of like me he made the jump like you know he he his path was a little different but he's out in LA just had a, just had a, a baby turn one you know um his his life is dope and he took the jump you know i think it's just about taking the jump being confident in what you do and working hard cuz he does all of that you got your sights set on anything coming up um <clears throat> yeah honestly i mean i want to start moving into like TV and film. I'm really um, passionate about that space, and I, I work on the Sony lot. So some days I'll see a dude dressed like Boba Fett from Star Wars with his with his helmet off in between sh- takes. Like Jennifer Aniston will be on set, just like eating lunch. You know, you see a lot of those type of people on site, and it's like, damn. If I'm this, if I work at Sony already, working at Epic, like, and there's a you know all the movie studios here. Let me figure out how to get into that game. I think my my angle would be music supervision, but I think it's so much bigger, and I'm learning so much more about so many things, like podcasts, for example. They're about to, you know, I know Sony's about to really invest heavily in that, and I'm seeing and reading a lot about the space. Um, Shout out to my man Charlie who put me on to, to, to what's going on there. A lot of people are, you know, writing these podcasts. It's low overhead. You can, you can uh, produce a show really really easily and then you sell that to a studio and that's kind of the game like i know that dude um what's his name uh molly romick or molly the dude that was uh in fuck what's that movie the queen the film queen, yeah i think that's his name yeah, yeah he just i heard that they were paying him 300 dollars a day to, to make this podcast but he he had what? ownership on it so when he when they sold it he became a millionaire of eight hours of work so he was in a room did this fictional podcast Eight hours of work, and now it's sold to a, a studio, and now he's a millionaire. And it's like, wow. I want to figure out how to get into worlds like that. And I'm in, you know, I'm in the communities where a lot of my friends are writers, a lot of my friends are filmmakers. So to me, living in Los Angeles, you have access to that community and that in that world. And I'm already in the ecosystem. So for me, it's just figuring out how to make an impact in that space with my partners. Um, you know. And by myself, you know, I think, again, like we all have different uh, strengths and interests. And that's kind of where I think I want to head. But I think music will always be the centerpiece. Um, and like Pharrell kind of started as a producer, but it led him to fashion, led him to scoring films with Hans Zimmer. Like, I think he just worked in the new Lion King. Like, think about that. I'm sure he wasn't like, hey, I want to do all this. But eventually music took him to all those places. So. I look at it the same way. I just want to figure out how to fit, get in where I fit in, collaborate with people. And I think a, a big part of, you know, what we what we did in the beginning was like put on for our city. 
So if there's a way I can tie it back to D.C. and make sure people know what's going on here, I would love to make a film about, you know, scenes that people just can't get from an article uh, online. Like no one knows what Go-Go really is like. And I'm not saying I'm the biggest Go-Go head, but I do know growing up I had friends that didn't listen to the radio. They only knew music through Go-Go. They only had CCB CDs with dates on them. You know, my man Ellis was the guy for me. That's how I got hip to a lot of shit. And, like, I want to tell those stories. I want to tell these stories that I think uh, are overlooked and underappreciated. And right now you can see from recent success in the box office that, you know, Crazy Rich Asians, uh, the new Spider-Man movie, Black Panther. Like, these stories are people want to hear these stories. So if I can figure out a way to get in there, if anybody's listening to this in any of the line hotels across the country hit my line I'm, I'm trying to get into it I think I think there's a lot to be learned like I said you can learn a lot in a couple of minutes sitting with someone um, you seem incredibly humble I appreciate that um, very easy to uh, talk to and I can imagine you move well in a bunch of different spaces um, a lot of people come in here and they're nervous and I feel like I had more nervous energy than you sitting down so um, I don't know I think there's a bunch of skills it doesn't help that it's freezing there I brought a hoodie you told me to bring a hoodie <laughs> Yo, I brought it's it. very serious I was, I was super prepared um, and honestly I just hopped off I literally hopped off the plane dropped my bags off came here so I was like didn't have time to get nervous at first and I, I'm happy I listened to some of your shows so I can understand like the platform I think it's dope I think we should talking to talking to people that motivate and do things that may not be able to, you know, it's like a lot of people's skills are under, you know, underappreciated. People don't really understand how to talk to people like myself. They don't understand what we do because it's not like, you know, when you go to school, you can be you can major in IT. You can be a finance major. You can do certain like hard skills. I think a lot of the hustlers that you chat with, they have soft skills that are ultimately to a lot of people more valuable than some people with hard skills and it's just figuring out how to navigate and and talk to those people to figure out how they got to where they are so that's why i appreciate this platform well i i I just want you to take with you that you know it's easy to see the people who you feel like you might not matter to but you definitely have people rooting for you because like i said it, it, it means a lot to me not even for purposes on this show, but just like, you know what I'm saying? When I talk to my friend's son and I'm like, yo, if you want to be a DJ, like pursue that and don't let nobody tell you it's crazy. For sure. I can point to people like you who do stuff, stuff in this world and it's valid. And, that, and that's important. It's just important. Jack, I don't know if I have um, a bunch left. You have anything you want to throw in this conversation? Oh, no, man. No, it's always a pleasure having Modi in the building. When I moved here from New York, that was one of them names that everybody in town, like, oh, have you linked with Modi? You got to link with Modi. No, I appreciate you, man. You you also put me in, what was it, Brothers and Sisters? You told me to go over there, and I ate a really good meal with some woman that... um, Oh, we linked with Jessica Harris. Yes. That's the homie. That's, 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 yeah. We were at Spoken English together. Um, uh, That's right. Wow. Yeah, man. Thank you for that. No, I appreciate you, and I'm, I'm... it's very cool to see uh, this space still thriving. And I mean, like I said, this is one of my favorite places in the city, especially coming back. Like, you know, I come every time I come back to D.C., it looks different completely. And this is one of the places that I was very excited to to come to. I had my birthday party at the line, my 30th in L.A. So 
to know that there's a home away from home, like the line in D.C. is it's just so dope. So shout out to y'all for uh, being a part of this community and having me here. So wait, what are you what are you in town for this time around? Uh, man, there's this Red Bull event that I'm working on called um, Dance Your Style. And I am kind of just helping um, bring some of the, the DMV dancers to connect with the Red Bull team so that when they do events moving forward in the city, they're connected with the people that are part of the culture so it can be really authentic. So I'm trying to basically just connect the dots there. Um, and we also have a party called Lemon Pepper Wet that we're doing at Big Chief on Saturday night. So if people are trying to pull up, get some Southern hospitality, vibe out. My homie Spicoli, a.k.a. Quinn, a.k.a. one of the Trilectro founders is DJing. And Brent Fires, who is from Columbia, Baltimore area, um, he, he's hosting. So it'll be a really, you know, popping night if you feel like pulling up. I will say y'all moved out the city some time ago. Um, yeah, about six years or so. I, I remember walking up to Quinn and saying, yo, you're the illest DJ in the city. And he's fire, it, it, was, right? it was so valid to me. Like, I wasn't saying it because I was drinking. Good, man. He's, he has an incredible good. pace. He knows his music. I don't know. So I, it, it's probably a good party <laughs> to be at if you're it, in the city. It would definitely be a good party. Let me know if you're trying to pull up for sure. Cheers. I think, uh, I think we're done. Thank you for joining us on Window Seat. We'll be here next Thursday around 5. We pushed the show a little late today, but we're happy you joined. Thank <laughs> you.